Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Mesoamerican Studies On Air. My name is Katherine Knuckles Wild, and I am so excited to be sharing with you today a brief introduction to the pre-classic period. The next few episodes are going to be focused on areas, sites, and objects within the pre-classic period. So it's really important to start here so that you can get a good idea of the foundation, where we're going to jump off from. So let's go ahead and jump on in. The pre-classic period of Mesoamerica is a broad expanse of time, measured from about 1800 BC to 250 AD, although central Mexico's classic period begins about a century earlier. Um, So their pre-classic period goes from 1800 BC to 150 AD. This expanse is then subdivided into three smaller periods of time, the early pre-classic, the middle pre-classic, and the late pre-classic. The early pre-classic is from about 1800 to 1200 BC, the middle pre-classic goes from 1200 to 400 BC, and the late pre-classic spans from 400 BC to 250 AD, so it bridges that BC-AD gap that we've created in the Western culture. This encompasses many important societal, artistic, and cultural advances. In the following weeks, we will address some, although not all, key aspects of the pre-classic period, and we'll interview scholars specializing in this area. In today's post, we're going to go over some general points of development that occurred during the pre-classic. First, let's talk about social change. The pre-classic bears evidence of significant social change. Perhaps the most important indicator of this change and the impulse for it is the high level of agricultural development. Um, So at this point in Mesoamerican history, domesticates are successfully being grown. These domesticates or domesticated plants include maize, which we know is corn, beans, and squash, among other different plants and animals. Um, At this point, even chocolate was already in plentiful use in a lot of areas of Mesoamerica. This successful mastery of of agriculture led to changes in settlement patterns. Now that food could be grown reliably from season to season, villages and other long-term settlements could be established. So this led to increasingly concentrated living centers, which attracted more people and grew in complexity throughout the years. This social complexity is seen in the evidence that we find for the first ranked societies or hierarchical societies in this part of the Americas. Archaeologists have uncovered evidence of large capital villages that are large enough to contain roughly a thousand people. Each of these capital villages would have been surrounded by smaller villages and communities, creating a hierarchy between those different areas. And we know now, as archaeologists discover more and more places, that these thousand people villages were actually on the lower end of the spectrum. We found cities from the pre-classic that would have contained hundreds of thousands of people. So this this hierarchy is reinforced by the valuable objects that we find in some burials but not in others, which indicates that this social complexity was growing. The development and use of writing systems also begins to appear during the pre-classic period. Scripts such as that used by the Olmec, as well as the Isthmian script and the early scripts of Oaxaca make their first appearances here, and they were preserved in sculpture and monumental carvings. Presumably they were also preserved in paper, but paper doesn't get handed down to us as easily as we'll talk about a little bit later, so what we know of is sculpture monumental carvings. 
Next week's conversation will focus on the Isthmian script and the debates regarding whether or not this script has actually been deciphered. The final indicator of social change during the pre-classic period was the establishment of trade routes throughout Mesoamerica. These trade routes weren't small, local pathways from one village to another. Instead, they were well-established and well-traveled trade routes running from central and west Mexico to the Gulf of Mexico and the Isthmus of Tehuantepec and down into the Maya area. So this is encompassing all of what we know of Mexico from about... Um, Sonora or Sinaloa, from about Sinaloa down south. Um, so excluding the northernmost part of Mexico, but from about the center of Mexico down into the beginning of Central America, where we've got Nicaragua, Honduras, El Salvador. Um, these trade routes extended all the way down there. And they indicate the complexity of life in Mesoamerica at this time, because different groups were sharing with others their own technolo technological advances and artistic styles. Now let's talk about those technological advances. The most well-known technological advance of the pre-classic period is that of pottery. In fact, it's this advance that we use to distinguish the beginning of the pre-classic period. During this time, pottery became an invaluable facet of Mesoamerican life. It served not only as cookingware, but also as a container for liquids and foods. So in a lot of introductory archaeology classes or anthropology classes, we talk about the fact that when you get sedentary civilizations or people starting to settle in one place, they can finally use these ceramic objects because when you're moving from place to place, you can't carry that many heavy or fragile items like ceramic. You have to keep things in woven baskets or leather pouches. But when you're settled in one place, you can actually settle down and have these nicer ceramics that don't travel as well or that are heavier. Um, so the use of radiocarbon dating, as well as the distinct decorations and potting styles of the ceramics of the pre-classic period, have allowed us to create more specific classifications of these ceramics as belonging to a particular region or time period. And archaeologists actually create ceramic sequences based off of this pottery that they find. They can put it into order based off of the levels in the ground in which they find it and create a chronology for the region, even if we don't know specific dates yet. Um, other crucial technological inv advancements that we see are in stoneworking. Stone, glass, and other hard materials were napped and shaped for everyday use in agriculture, domestic, and warfare contexts. Some of the most common materials used were flint and obsidian. Careful analysis of these materials can tell us where they originated from. For example, green or gray obsidian can indicate different volcanoes that produced the dark, sharp glass, which was then traded extensively throughout Mesoamerica. Other technologies invented or increased at this time included loom weaving, stitching, woodworking, and presumably the creation of paper. Unfortunately, due to the humid environment of the region and the acidic soil, these soft organic materials don't preserve very well, and they haven't lasted through time, which is why we don't have much evidence of them today. However, Artistic representations that we have suggest that at this time, these technologies would have been well-developed. So it's thanks to these artistic uh, depictions that we can see, oh, they were using paper. Oh, this is what their textiles looked like. The artistic style of the pre-classic period is distinctive and varied. 
Some of the earliest art includes fired clay figurines, which were generally female and thought to be associated with fertility and crop success, much like their counterparts in Neolithic and Bronze Age Europe. We see these figurines in central Mexico at Tlatilco, as well as in the Maya area. Be sure to stay tuned for our chat on West Mexico coming up that going, that's going to talk about how West Mexico was actually different from the rest of Mesoamerica during these pre-classic times. Other subjects of figurine art that we see included transformations between humans and animals. We see conjoined twins, and we see animals such as crocodiles, birds, snakes, etc. Monumental art and sculpture from this time focused largely on rulership and deities. Representations of leaders intervening for rain are seen, for example, at Chalcatzingo, a pre-classic site in central Mexico. Olmec art, which will be discussed more in detail in two weeks, focused on transformation of rulers into powerful supernatural creatures such as the jaguar. Late pre-classic art, particularly of the Maya region, is known for its curling volutes and busy horror vacui style, um, in which blank space is not frequently seen. They try to fill in the gaps as much as possible. Izapa's Stila Five is an excellent example of this. The scene is filled to the brim with action and iconographic motifs, both above and below the main scene. This particular style would then transform into the art of the later classic period for the Maya. As we've talked about briefly here, the pre-classic was a time of transformation and growth. The organization of the state changed through the increasing success of agriculture. The available technologies gave way to multiple means of expression through art and a more complex social structure. In the episodes that follow, we'll analyze certain aspects of the pre-classic period that highlight the changes occurring during this time. Next week, we'll start with the Isthmian script and whether or not scholars believe it has been successfully deciphered. In the meantime, you can check out the blog for more information at MesoamericanStudiesOnline.com, as well as our brand new Patreon page, where you can donate and become a patron to help Mesoamerican Studies on air continue into its third season. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.